This is Why The Last Man podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Why The Last Man, episode four, Karen and Benji. You got any food that you can spare? No, I don't think I do. Sorry. Is it just you, or you got two tents? I'm with my sister. She's by the river. Huh. You served? What? Where'd you get the jacket? Found it. Oh. You got a dog or something? No, I've been trying to use it as a trap, but haven't had much luck with it. Definitely not enough to feed two extra mouths, so best of luck. You know, no one has ever become poor by giving. That's Anne. Frank, I know. Best of luck. Welcome back, fellow survivors. This is the Why the Last Man podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're looking at episode four, Karen and Benji, of the first season of Why the Last Man. I am one of your hosts, John. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. And I am Chris, asking, why isn't escapology just magic? (laughs) (laughs) It's better than card tricks, Chris. Yeah. Uh, Okay, cool. It's the same thing, though, no? No, no. No. Walk away, walk away, walk away! (laughs) Yeah, I know, exactly. I was like... What is the difference? Card tricks, you know? But anyway... Well, you got to think, Houdini's got a bigger reputation than... um, I can't even think of a person. Yeah, Mr. McCarty Trickier. Well, there's the Victorian guy who, you know, held a massive goldfish bowl between his legs um, as well. I can't remember the name of the magician, but he was kind of really renowned for for doing it. Well, Uh, I haven't heard of him. um, Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) Well, okay, yeah, that's true. But the other thing as well, this title of this episode, I kept thinking of Sher and Sonny for some reason. I just was expecting, like, um, Sam and Hero to be kind of folking their way with guitars through through the countryside to get to to Washington. Karen and Benji. Yeah. I see. Sher and Sonny. (laughs) I don't know. I had folk. I my... had no idea what this was about. Mm. I was like, Karen and Ben, what? Why? Who? <laughs> hmm? It's just, I was just like, is it like a name of a song that I wasn't quite sure of? <laughs> yeah. Or that? And then it was like, that. And I was like, uh, okay, fair enough. It's literally, you just, at some point, they're just going to call one of the episodes the. Because someone said the <laughs> at midpoint. <laughs> it, it would have been really good if they called it Trapezoid. Because I, I have to say that little interaction between Yorick and three fifty five, mm-hmm. I loved. Where they were, he was trying to get a sense of that, well, try, trying to know what her name was, and she was not giving it up at all. At all, and you know, you call me three fifty five, and he goes, "Okay, call me Trapezoid." I, I, I must say, I liked that. That was, that was a good line. <laughs> really good stuff. Shall we get into the discussion? About- bad episode four guys yes i think we should let's get into our spoiler filled discussion of episode four karen and benji aka sharon sunny <laughs> derek do you want to tell us who gave us what absolutely yes once again the series is based on the comic book series by brian kevon and pia guerrera the showrunner for the show is eliza clark and this episode was written by denisa lavina grays she was an actress on shows like new amsterdam and happy and was also a staff writer on the show Manhunt Unabomber. Oh, I remember her on Happy. 
Yeah, she was the IA person. There you go, Chris. I know you you were a watcher of Happy, so uh, that's, that's who Denise was. A watcher has... and a reader of Happy. It very, was a good comic book too. Very good. Yes, so Denise has moved into the uh, the other side now, uh, writing on on this show. I know she has a number of credits on this series as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, director of this episode was Destiny Ekagara. Uh, she is a British director. Um, has worked on shows like Riviera and End of the Effing World. Um, so has got lots of credits to her name and uh, has now moved over to the US working on Why the Last Man. Uh, also apparently a very big fan of the comic books, really big fan of uh, of Why the Last Man, the comic books. So uh, she definitely has a bit of a start, an extra bit to her style, which we'll talk about as we discuss the episode. Um, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode? Sure. After the downing of both helicopters, Yorick and Agent 355 travel by foot in search of a geneticist who can unravel the mystery of how he survived. The unlikely travel companions try to get to know each other as they encounter a changed society. Yorick starts to realise the capabilities of Agent 355 and the lengths she will go to to enact his mother's orders. Agent 355, meanwhile, gets frustrated by Yorick's lack of self-awareness and privilege as he unwittingly puts the two of them into increasingly dangerous situations in the new world. After a huge argument following a close encounter with the law, both come to an arrangement. If Yorick agrees to go to the geneticist, then Agent 355 will help him find his estranged girlfriend, Beth. Meanwhile, Hero and Sam make their way to Washington, but Hero has no desire to find her mother and tries everything she can to sabotage their journey. They stumble across a former shelter for women that is clean, warm and dead body free. Sam is uneasy and wants to move on quickly, but Hero delays. As they go looking for supplies, they meet Nora and her injured daughter. Hero helps to clean the wound, but Mackenzie needs antibiotics. That evening, the group are discovered by the current gun-toting, horse-riding owners of the shelter, who take an immediate dislike to Sam and threaten to kill them all. But Hero's EMT skills save them, as one of their own lies injured. As Hero attempts to treat the dying woman, the group's leader arrives, who shoots the woman and chastises her group for not welcoming these helpful new arrivals, even Sam. As they are led to a warehouse full of supplies, Nora quietly warns Hero not to disclose who her mother is to this group of dangerous women. Excellent, John. It feels like this is moving us much more towards the central part of Why the Last Man, the story, which is much more of a road trip comic book series, isn't it? There's lots of travelling across and back the country many times. Um, so it feels like we're much more on the road trip side of it now. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think, that you know, it, it's moving it to that phase and the encounters that they will have on their journey. And we get a few of those, you know, we get a sense of, um, you know, this new world, I guess, mm -hmm. a, a bit more that, you know, certainly away from Washington, things maybe aren't quite as controlled, or if they are, it's, you know, it's very localized, like we get at the, the marketplace. But ultimately, you know, the, the big thing here is, um, Yorick having to disguise or hide, um, that he is a man. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's, that is, you know, one of the interesting elements here. Um, I, I guess in, in, in this show, as opposed to the comics, there is, um, you know, he, he can use the, the explanation that he is looking for testosterone because he is transgender. Yeah. Whereas in the comics, it is very much more, you know, he will fake a, a female, um, sort of 
accent i guess not accent or you know pitch to his voice mm. um or uh, will just cover up um and so i guess would look like a fairly you know hefty broad-shouldered lady i guess well, um, what i love in both the comics and the tv show now because we've seen as you as you mentioned he does call out you know i'm looking for testosterone that's his way of trying to cover it off and in the comics he uses a female voice what i love about both of those things is Neither of them work. So in the comics, he constantly <laughs> yeah. says, I can do a great female voice and then tries it on anybody who's never met him before. They're going, you're not a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I like that it fails from here as well. <laughs> okay, guys, shall we get into our top three moments? Chris, do you want to kick us off uh, on this journey into the unknown in an apocalyptic world? Yeah, what was your big moment from the episode, Chris? Sure. Um, for me, the... The most interesting part of this episode was the overall marketplace that was formed, um, where, where they've landed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this barter trade system that kind of flows up behind it because part of it, when I saw like they were going tomorrow, I was like, Oh yeah, they're just going to use cash. Oh no. Like in the post apocalyptic, everything's going to be barter and trade. Yeah. Don't be silly. And I was like, uh, the more interesting piece was the the formation of the um wives of the sheriff and that that the, the, yeah. the police force if you will yeah because it's good to see that there's still authority the bad side is and the more interesting piece was straight away they were corrupt <laughs> and i was like oh cool okay that's that's definitely a it's a nice kind of statement about the world we live in that even in the post-apocalyptic world where you would hope good men and good, well, actually good women rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, they're, they're still corrupt and they, they, they still wantonly beat someone with nightstick and, yeah. um, they, they steal and that's not good enough for them when we first see them. Um, it's just so, I, I found it, I found it an interesting statement. Yeah, absolutely. And it follows on from last week as well, where we saw the, uh, the wives and one of the daughters of the politicians saying, you know, yeah. I should get their seat on, on, uh, in the government now because I was the one that got them to the position they were in anyway. So I should get that. And here we have police officers' wives effectively saying, well, we'll take up arms. We'll uh, follow in our husband's footsteps effectively and take on these jobs. But, we want to take anything that we want from the marketplace, and it's justifiable in a way. You know, if you're going to stand up and be uh, and be the law of this new society, you of course want to get some compensation for that. But they could have gone, you know, make sure that we get a meal. But it is very clearly said by the uh, by the shop worker in the market that they take whatever they want whenever yeah. they want it. So anything good that's available in the marketplace goes to them first, effectively. It's like the protection money. Yeah, it's exactly. essentially a shakedown protection money. It's like Hey, it would be terrible if, you know, something bad was to happen to your fees. Hey, oh, we're going to break some legs. Hey, that was my best Jersey gangster <laughs> impression. But, but it is interesting, isn't it? Because it's kind of a bit like having gone through this pandemic. For me, the, these types of shows, like, say, like, like Why the Last Man, but also, say, like Walking Dead, it mm-hmm. kind of takes on... A little, you know, it's obviously not quite that bad, but it it takes on a different perspective because you kind of think, yeah, there are 
you know, that there is a pessimistic view of it. And actually those elements come to, to rise where it's just very selfish about yourself. I will do this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what we see here is that those elements are, are very much in, in the society. And I, I, I've always kind of believed and it, it was kind of, you know, it was nice to see the organization here and, um, you know, People are always going to be in it for themselves in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it mirrors that. But at the same time, it, it's, I, I still wonder why everything's just gone to pot as well. Like it was like with Endgame, the start of Endgame where, you know, um, I, I get it. Half the world is gone. And in this case, half the world is gone, you know, roughly that are, that are men. Um, but I, I feel that, you know, why would you remove money? I don't know. Um, and, and, you know, but this, it's what it's, I guess maybe it's a different society. So their values are, you know, down with the capitalist system. So we'll do it with bartering, you know, here's, here's a pig for, you know, a, a bit of, um, engine parts generator. or something or a generator. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I guess I just can't really get my mind round. Mm how things would play out if it happened here and i'm kind yeah. kind of constantly battling between being an optimist that you know society would find a way and you'd mm-hmm. all come together where and um just that it would disintegrate in a sense into different factions um to become uh, a realist <laughs> yeah i guess um, you know um and yeah i i guess this is the start of seeing how it well, would be and i guess there's different types you know you've still got the president there trying to organize a wider society yeah but yeah. as you move away now from that influence and um, then i guess there's pockets of factions developing yeah but again i'm i you know i wonder well why are tv stations off you know, um, I know they're having a problem with power. Yeah, but uh, exactly. You know, I, yeah. I, I still we did hear just... a radio station on air for a few seconds last episode. Yes. So, so, so there is some availability. We did see uh, the fir- former first lady sitting in her room watching television. I don't know whether that was a box set she was watching or Netflix or something like that. Probably Hulu, actually, uh, given that that's where the show airs. Um, <laughs> but th- that's probably still going. Uh, but regular TV stations and regular news uh, stuff, I suppose. I think there's there's one element that may be missing in the show. And if you follow the social media accounts for Why the Last Man, it's they make it really evident. They have these placards that they had with the percentage of men that were in certain levels of society. So they had, you know, 86% of all uh, top-level executives in the world are dead in one day. 92% of all pilots in the world are dead in one day. So by having those placards of all of the areas where men form the majority of the workforce... Yeah. It really gives a sense of what would happen to the society. What's happening with the government here? And it's it's stuff that's up in the background. And I feel like you could either have an episode where they explain everything to you and throw it out there and it'd be really boring. You wouldn't have any of the dramatic stuff that's in here. You wouldn't have any of the exciting action and violence that's going on with 355 and what's happening with Yark. And it would explain what's going on in the society. But they're dropping things in the background that by the end of the season, you'll get a real picture of what's going on in the society. But they have mentioned that there are camps where people can go to get help. And when you go there, you get all the medicine has been relocated there, all the food's been relocated there. So there is that ability. But what you hear from Nora is the queues are days long to get into these camps. So people are starting to forage for themselves. When people are foraging for themselves, breaking into houses that have been left behind, well, why would you have money? Why would you 
yeah. run a shop. And they're mugging. They're also, someone, it's exactly. a huge criminal element, which we hear from Nora as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so there is a society, but I don't think you're going to be able to go to your local shop and and uh, and buy food for your weekly shopping. No, I, yeah, what exactly. is interesting was if you if you do follow Eliza Clark, um, the showrunner on social media, she put up a really good thread on Twitter uh, where they investigated exactly how the world would fall apart and how close we are to the brink of. Um, power shutting down and how quickly all the elements shut down. We're 70 days into this apocalypse on Why the Last Man. And the writers have studied exactly how American society particularly can fall apart quite quickly if things aren't maintained and managed the well, way that, that they was, would. Yeah, that, that thread was really interesting. Mm. because, And certainly um, just in terms of because society in terms of consumption is all about just in time whether it's delivery of groceries yeah. whether it is parts for cars on an assembly line yeah. that it was i think i think she mentioned that you know if this did happen within 3 days a grocery store or a supermarket would be out of fresh deliveries because mm-hmm. it's all about just in time to reduce stock and all that and i think that's where I, I guess it, that w- was really nice context for me, just to understand how it's broken down. And as you say, it, it's the idea of you know certain sectors being so dominated by the gender imbalance of having uh, men so um, out of proportion mm-hmm. uh, in, in top levels or in certain um, skill sets yes. and, and so on. And the reverse of that, I guess, would would be true in a sense for certain other sectors and and professions. Yeah, absolutely. But I like that they dealt with it again dramatically in the last episode. We had that excellent speech last week from the president to um, the engineer that was in charge of the power, the the power station, where she'd effectively gone, well, I've lost everything and is just sitting at home wallowing and is being encouraged to go back in. So there's also that to take into account. It's not like women have had an uprising and have taken over the world. It's that the world has stopped all men are gone, and there are choices for people here. Either I sit at home and it's not my problem anymore, or I maybe get encouraged to go back in and, and keep things going. So, yeah, and, um, and there's the traumatic yeah. side of it as well that exactly. leads to the individual's response. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I think this will build out over the course of the season, yeah. but I did like this marketplace, Chris, as you say, this idea that um, there are people out there that have things and they're going to trade them with other people yeah. better things, effectively. So it's set up really quickly, and it's established here with this marketplace. It was it was also just the establishment of the the quote unquote evil in the world. Um in that the the, the sorry, probably not evil, corruption, the the the, the dark side. Because mm-hmm. so far we've yet to see we've heard about the muggings, we've heard we've saw Hero's friends run off without them. Mm-hmm. We've heard about that and we've to a degree, seen the dark side of humanity. Like, we've seen people just being more selfish. We've yet to go to a sept until close to the end of this episode, where there's a, like, essentially, like, I was going to say slightly euthanasia element. Um, mm. <laughs> well, they're putting a dog down. That's, let's yeah. call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, it's, we're getting closer and closer to the dark. The, the the dark side of an apocalypse. Where Absolutely, we start, and I think they're slowly just putting it in where we see, and it, it's actually, I'll just close on this. It's when Yard goes under the market because mm-hmm. he thinks he sees Beth. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about him and his Beth. <laughs> 
habit in a second. Uh-huh. Um, it's that the cops straight away is like, what are you doing here? Why are you following us? And then straight for the nightstick. Yeah. And it's just like, right, yeah, power cor- corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think it's the thing. And it's that kind of, okay, you're starting to start to sprinkle this back in again. You're yeah. starting to show that, yeah, not everyone's a nice person. And we know this about post-apocalyptic shows. Yeah. You're just, you're starting there. So it was good to see. Yeah, and I, I do think this is really reflective of what we saw in the comic books. Like, you know, we, we spent so much time with Yarrick. The story is about Yarrick and, and 355 and their journey across the country. And that exposes how different communities have dealt with um, with this apocalypse and dealt with this massive change in their world. So I like that it's been put this way and the, yeah. on the show specifically is how how they're experiencing when they're moving through. And because it's a bigger cast, we're seeing Hero and, and Sam and the people they're dealing with. And we're also seeing Nora and her daughter and the people they're dealing with as well as we as they move through the society. So I think it's a really good way of taking the base of the comic book and, and turning it into this this show to show how this universe works and, and this yeah. new world works. It's really cool. Um but, yes, you did mention it, uh, Yarrick being attacked by the police officers. We get our massive fight sequence from 355. I must say, well done to the fight choreographers here, because it really feels like 355 is the only person trained f- fighting against this group of people with guns who think they'll be able to protect themselves with their gun, their measly guns versus 355. No chance. <laughs> I just love how it's put together. She's easily able to take them all yeah. out. Look, it makes her look even cooler than she has the last three episodes. She definitely has skills on toast mm-hmm. uh, relative to, I, I guess, um, the the women who have just taken up the mantle of being sheriffs and, yeah. and police officers based on their their husband's yeah. um, role previously uh, and their, their level of training. So, uh, yeah, that was really good. I also like the fact that I guess she maybe even held back a bit because... Yeah. You know, I, I loved how um, the the build up with uh, three fifty five and Yorick in, in terms of his realization um, about three fifty five's great plan in, in terms of getting rid of the two pilots, and um, you know, and and he, he this realization that you know just how trained she is, um, you know, and what she's been trained to do and how to think. Mm. I loved how that came out with the, when, when, um, 355 says to him that, well, of course, they'll just be looking for two helicopters and the two missing dead pilots. Mm. I, they have kind of, you know, she, she has set it up so that they really just melt into the ether that, you know, he has never been anywhere. He is a ghost in, in that sense. Yeah. And I thought that was like superb. And so yeah, just the realization, you know, the plan that she enacted without telling anyone yeah. and, and the rationale behind it for that singular objective to get him to a geneticist and, you know, to follow the orders of the president. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really good. And Absolutely. I, I felt because, you know, they had had those discussions, um, you know, she didn't go f- full on uh, gun toting in that scene. Yeah. And she she was trying to just hold back. Yeah. Knock them out and get away, basically. Uh, yeah. I love that kind of little extra addendum to the plan that we hear this week. So last week we knew it was her that took out the pilots on the other helicopter. We knew that's what she'd done. And we knew it was because they were the only other people that knew about Yark, right? This week, yeah. she just adds on the fact that 
oh no, they're not going to be looking for us. They're going to be looking for the two pilots who stole two helicopters. Yeah, so exactly. both helicopters are gone now. They'll be after each of the pilots. So a nice little extra thought there from, from 355, something that I didn't think about last week. Speaking of that, the opening of this episode, um, where we have 355 um, singing in a jazz club, effectively, <laughs> which is a real dream sequence and a, and a real interesting uh, way of opening the show. This is definitely something, again, feels like something out of the comic books. We have uh, issues of that comic that have uh, stage plays going on at the start of the issue. It feels like suddenly you're back in the 1800s and uh, people are speaking Shakespearean language and then uh, the panels kind of move backwards and you realize you're watching a stage play. So uh, so that's what it felt like this this opening. Um, I of- thought it was more going to be like the Angel-esque musical episode. Um, <laughs> not four episodes in, but I think we might get a musical episode as the series goes on. Uh, I was wondering if it was the way it was shot and the way it cuts to 355 walking through the woods and there's a fire burning behind her. I was wondering, did they crash the second helicopter? And this was this was her waking up from after crashing the second helicopter. We know the first yeah. one crashed and we know we see them taking pieces of the helicopter to, to the marketplace with them. But I wasn't sure whether it meant they crashed it on purpose or whether it was an accidental crash or whether they just landed it and were just taking pieces of the helicopter out because we didn't see that in this episode. What do you guys think? Do you think it was an indication of that or was it just a fever dream that 355 having? Initially, I thought that they had been captured and drugged. And this was a drug dream. Right. She was poisoned and she was fighting the poison or the drugs. And this is where we're going to wake up and see, find out that they had walked somewhere and y'all got captured and mm-hmm. they both got captured. And now they're essentially sitting in a basement with kind of someone who's slowly carving slices off them. Okay. Um, <laughs> not yet, Chris. <laughs> not yet. Um, no. So I took it that. And then what I took it as was just that she has this. The, the, this more fever dream esque part, and that these are they're gonna start hinting at her past of who three five five is, um, and it will be throughout these kind of crazy dreams. It's like, yes, Chris, she used to be a jazz singer in a past. Well, no, she maybe had a uh, 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 an undercover operation where she was a jazz singer, yeah, or she had an undercover operation where she was. X or Y or Z and these are all just kind of starting to meld together as she is now on her worst ever um, assignment look babysitting essentially yeah, a, a, a petulant child uh-huh. exactly exactly fair dues again to Ashley Romans you know we've said how competent she's been the first three episodes and now she got now she can also sing like what else can she sing do? and dance, and dance uh, be, yeah uh, beautifully shot scene beautifully I put mean, together scene but what else can Ashley Romans do they're going to give her yeah. something else massive I mean, in the next episode I, I think on that moment like I didn't really see the fire and to be honest. Mm. Um, just one and I don't think brain. she would crash it. Yeah. I mean, she would intentionally down it mm-hmm. and then strip the parts so it can't be used. Um, I, I don't know how, you know, obviously she's got flying skills, so you yeah. could down it to make it look like it crashed or ran out of fuel or yeah. something. But I, I just kind of assumed that she was sleep like, because at the end she was by the, the, the big cliff into the, into the lake I just assumed that she was sleepwalking mm-hmm. because I mean, through this episode, there's a few moments where she's kind of, you know, she's, she's fiddling with her necklace around her neck and kind of just speaking to herself, whether that's going through the plan or, you know, uh, 
sort of going through different scenarios in her head because of her training. And so I feel like she's very much in her head. So I just assumed that she sleepwalks and this was one of the things and she was dreaming yeah. whilst she was doing it. I mean, I, I actually loved how... Uh, you went from the music and the dancing to how the real world sounds began to creep into it as she then kind of teetered on the edge as she woke up. Yeah. Um, but that could also, yeah, maybe, I don't think it was so much like a trauma of the fact they've just crashed, yeah, yeah. but it could be as well. I, I don't know, but I'm not entirely sure it's important. I think the important thing is that she's stripped the essential parts mm. that can mean that helicopter yeah. can be used i guess yeah. you know it, it's the um you know it, it's the burnt earth policy that she's leaving behind yeah. that you know um only they can use the resources to get to her objective Absolutely. nothing for you know the perceived or potential enemies that she is thinking about but yeah. and um, it also gives the show a little bit of an extra sandbox to play in though is is, is probably what i was thinking uh, when i was watching that moment when she's on definitely. the stage singing a song doing the dance it means you're not going to have to have the walking dead which is basically walk up and down a back road with the woods around you and have your villains shooting arrows at you every single episode because you don't have budget to do it or you haven't laid that in that they can do something different. This is already four episodes in yeah. doing something really different. Yeah, it's <laughs> important it to have that stylistic uh, sandbox, as you say, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, Excellent stuff. Chris, anything else on the marketplace? No, that was that was very much it. Um, I, 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 interesting to see where it goes. Where else we will see? Will we see a shop? Will we see a mall? Will we see? I don't know. Or maybe an online marketplace, Chris. I bet that could be. Oh my god, <laughs> Amazon! Yeah, it's an Amazon fulfillment center. Do you know? I think that might be where they ended up at the end of the episode. There's an Amazon fulfillment center. Spoiler alert! Controversial. John, do you want to take us on to your big point from the episode? Yeah, um, it, it kind of leads on from the marketplace and, and you know, effectively what happens um, to Yorick with the the, the police there, and, and certainly just because you know, again, it's Yorick's decision making. Uh, but I, you know, as I love how. Um, you know, these two unlikely companions kind of forced together mm-hmm. by the will of both Yorick's uh, mother, but also, you know, Agent 355's president. You know, I, I love the whole, in a sense, trying to get to know one another. Um, but as Chris said, 355 just really believing that she's been dumped with the worst babysitting um Ever. Yep. You know, this is the kid that is, um, you know, smashing stuff and, um, you know, doing everything to prevent the babysitter from sitting on the couch all night, enjoying <laughs> um, effectively the, the goodies that the parents have left for them, um, you know. This kid, this this Yorick, doesn't sleep soundly, um, and you know his Beth obsession. Make you know why would he think that Beth would even be there? Absolutely. I mean, you know it. So he he's just he has no thought for um, that there is someone else uh, with uh, with him uh, trying to do uh, you know has a different aim and goal compared to his own. And uh, I loved how that built through here from. Um, the campsite, uh, you know, the the awkward uh, undressing in front of um, Agent Three Fifty Five. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really good. As I said, the the whole, you Sorry. know, the exchange of finding out what her name was and 
um, and the okay, call me trapezoid. Um, you know, she doesn't want to be called a lady. It is agent 355. That's what we are to call, um, Ashley Romans in as this character. Um, uh, you know, I love the idea, you know, Yorick's just going, um, are they, you know, are you going to get sexy thoughts whilst he's undressing <laughs> to distract you from the mission? And yeah. I just love Ashley Roman's sort of deadpan, uh, kind of approach, where it's like, that's unlikely, she says. And, but it's just the way it delivered. It really made me smile. Yeah. Um, that she has absolutely no interest in Yorick. Um, he is a mission to her, certainly at this stage. I love her retorts to him. And of course, all this is all building, you know, from where he comes racing out of the woods mm-hmm. uh, to, to chase the two women who are kind of trying to ransack and pillage their, their tents. Yeah. And, you know, his, his reasoning is that he doesn't want to, you know, to another uh, body count on his hands after, you know, realizing um, just quite how ruthless agent 355 is. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, she's on the other side going, they could have seen who you are, that you're a man. Yeah. You know, she's trying to keep him as um, sort of in the shadows and, and away from the glaring light as much as possible. Um, and I, I just love how this kind of built to, you know, the really big sort of bust up uh, on the bridge. You know, you can sense Agent 355's frustration but equally Yorick's you know like he said to his mom in the previous episode you know my mission is to see Beth whatever you want me to do you know there is a right answer that I could say that is yes I will go to this geneticist I will save you know the 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 male species um effectively but I can't say that because I just want to find Beth and, you know, this really yeah. all sort of is at odds with Agent 355 and it clashes um, the, on the bridge after the marketplace uh, where, you know, it is, you know, simply you need to grow up and do as you're told. Um, and, uh, you know, you are just have no idea or that you are as privileged as you are. Mm-hmm. You've just kind of um, fallen from thing to thing um, without any need to understand that you have to pay your rent, that you have to be able to afford food for your table, like we've seen in the first few episodes. And, yeah. and this is just so at odds with Agent 355, who has trained, worked uh, to get where she is, to be, um, you know, effectively she's had the look of, um, all the men dying to be, you know, and the assignment where she's next to the president at the time. But, you know, all this has been through her dedication to herself. Yeah. Um, and she sees none of that in Yorick. And I love the tension that that brings and, and just how that sort of pours out on the bridge after the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love those lines that she says to him where, you know, she's saying just by you being who you are, you walk into a room and you feel everybody has to listen to you. And now when you are the most important person on the planet, let alone the room, you couldn't care less. You're out here looking for your girlfriend. Um, and once again, a reminder, Beth isn't his girlfriend. Beth walked out on him when he proposed to her, pretty much dumping him right there. So his whole search for the woman that he tried to marry is 
something that he really shouldn't be going after. There's so many more important things that he should be doing. And effectively, if he does find Beth, it's likely that she'll just go, oh, I thought you were dead and didn't really bother me. We'd already broken up, basically, because you had nothing going on in your life. He is the least worthy person on this planet to be the last man. And I love how, how 355 has aimed that directly at him, kind of going, you know, if I, I wish it could have been anybody else who understood how important this is. There's yeah. only one of him. He's, he's he's risking his life trying to save 355 in the woods. And if he had died there, that's the end of every ma- every male on the planet, effectively. So, um, so I love that she's trying to at least get that into his thick skull <laughs> as these episodes go on. And this, this particular scene in the bridge was fantastic, I thought. Yeah, completely agree. I kind of started to discuss it in the end of the last episode. So... Yarrick goes on this huge journey in the comic books from being this self-centered, egotistical man uh, to the man he becomes at the end. They're moving pretty briskly through some of this character development uh, because he goes through a lot more stupidity before even the first outburst from 355. Mm. Um, so they're kind of... They're shorthanding it a bit. Yeah. And it's not bad. I don't mind it because no. it's like in the comic books, it made sense. It was also the first time I've seen it. And comic books can, as a medium, go slightly slower mm-hmm. um, because Definitely. you've got all these issues and you can just build a character development. If you had Yark every episode, it would become almost serialized. What is Silly Yark going to do today yeah. to get himself in trouble? And 355 has to beat him out of the way, out of a, a situation. Yeah. That would become old very fast. If that was every episode, Yark stumbling into something or getting caught. or And each episode, she has to pull him out of it. So, looking back on the episode, I'm like, okay, this is why they're moving so fast because yeah. they have to move him. They have to grow. He could, they can still get into hijinks and he can still kind of get caught. But as long as he's not purposely putting themselves in harm's way each episode, yeah. now it still will happen. It, Absolutely. Like I said, it will have to because it's the serialized TV show, but he won't be as moronic about the kind of some of these like post post this bridge scene i i hope i think it's just if he will he goes off and sulks and he really does sulk and he's like a petulant child mm-hmm, for yeah. like and you're like oh but by the end you're like okay maybe there has been some growth in him yes because she has extended the magic olive branch <laughs> yeah <laughs> or I, sorry the the cards the magic olive cards mm-hmm. yeah. well i i think that's like i i really loved the dynamic between um these two characters and i think ashley romans and ben schnetzer are, are just really really good i i love the dynamic mm-hmm. and i i think um i i love the resolution that kind of you know let bygones be bygones, you know, over the campfire with the card trick, even to the point where you think actually, you know, and this is, you know, the audience, well, at least for me, my assumption when he didn't get the correct card, I was like, oh, he's as bad as we thought from the yeah. the, the first episode right. uh, with him trying to escape from the, um, the straitjacket. And, you know, you can kind of see... Um, Agent 355 almost going, 
oh my goodness, he can't even do this. You know, mm. that kind of that that kind of atmosphere descended over her. You could really sense it and but actually he is good at, at the card tricks and yeah. goes into another one. But I, I like how um they resolve, you know, and, and they have that apology. I, I think that's you know, she's gonna get frustrated again. It's gonna pour out again. But you know, I, I love that and certainly because um for some reason on this as they leave the the bridge, you know, having that argument with it all being quite tense between them, I just really enjoyed that scene and and the shot of the bike going down the road and yeah. the really tense music coming mm-hmm. with it because it, you know, whether it's the tension of them going again into the unknown, what are they going to come across next, yep. or the tension that that coupled with the fact that these two are at odds. They're not an effective team in that sense, and um, that that will increase the risk to them um, as they go on this unknown journey. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was just really special. And yeah. um, I probably I've not said this, but I'm really enjoying the music in in this show. I think the its placement has been really really good. It's like the you know the wall of the remembrance, and you know a very intimate scene, but just with this tense music. Yeah. And I'm loving the title track uh, as well. Um, it, it really is kind of reminiscent of. Um, uh, I, I the life the movie from uh, the life of David Gale. I, I don't know. It's just with the the sliding, uh, kind of country vibe, but underneath that, and um, the the kind of more electronic, uh, sort of modern mm. element to it. I, I really really am enjoying the music from this show. Yeah, and its placement within the within the actual episodes. Absolutely. I think it's really and good. it feels pretty sparse as well. It doesn't feel like every scene is underplay is 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 played with music underneath it. It feels like it's only used at certain moments uh, throughout the episodes as well. But yeah, that that opening theme just has that great mournful line to it and also this kind of western uh kind of feel to it as well. Yeah. So that's exactly the show, right? There's uh, they're mourning the loss of everybody and uh, it also feels like a western the whole uh, everything's gone wild west effectively across the across the world. But I do feel that this is not going to be the last time that um, that Yarek makes one of those decisions that puts himself in danger because there's three decisions that he makes in this episode um, and he can justify each of them in his own mind, I suppose. So the first decision that he has is to try and clear off the women that are going up against 355. So he's running out of the woods, he's got his mask on, he's got his stick in his hand and he chases them off like Obi-Wan Kenobi in, in Star Wars. Um, trying, trying to scare off the uh, the sand people. Yeah. Um, no, and nobody else got that. Yeah. I absolutely thought that's what would be in Yark's mind because he is he is a nerd, of course. So uh, I thought that's what that would be. He'd be. Picturing. I can see that. But that's his that's his first choice, and then the second choice is going after who, someone who he thinks is Beth. Now, obviously, really stupid, different city. So um, so he can justify it in his mind though, because I I did I, I saw Beth, and that would end the quest that we're on, and then I could go and off off and do the other thing because that's all he wants is just to find Beth. Really stupid. That's definitely a Yarrick decision. His third decision that he was trying to make was he'd lost his mobile phone and he wanted to go back and get his mobile phone. And that's when 355 loses the rhythm because it's like, that is so self-serving. You do not need a mobile phone in this world. You can't just sit in a tent and watch videos of yourself and Beth from five years ago or whatever, whenever those videos were, were recorded. That's not your life now. You have to step up and be the last man on earth here. So, um, so he will be able to justify 
stepping in and trying to save 355 from something perceived threat that he thinks he could possibly save 355 from. He will do that again in the future. I don't think it's going to take this one speech from 355 to change his entire personality and his entire character. But it's a, it's a step in the right direction, I think, um, at least to say, right, I guess I could leave that mobile phone behind uh, and not spend the next um, many years of, of the apocalypse trying to find a charger for my mobile phone that I could stare at these videos. Yeah. Effectively. So at least it's one step uh, towards a, a better human because uh, Yarek needs to improve as being a human. But excellent point, John. Yeah, um, thank you. Um, but Derek, what's uh, what's your uh, top moment from, uh, from this episode? Well, I want to talk about the other impossibly horrible human uh, that we have in the episode. Um, Hero, um, the saboteur. Wow. Is she ungrateful as a human being? Um, Sam's been trying to help her and help himself, of course. He needs to get to the government so that he can go to uh, Jennifer Brown, the president, get some testosterone, get some help for the situation he's in. And he's also trying to help Hero overcome this stupid breakdown in the relationship that's been there between her and her mom. But wow, she just sabotages every single time. You know, they've spent... What, a couple of weeks now crossing the country trying to get to Washington. They find a car which could get them there in a few hours and overnight she sabotages the car so they can't drive there and will have to take a few more weeks to get there. And it's saying, oh, I, I still can't get used to the idea that I'm going to be going to meet my mom because I said I never see her again. Like, get over it. The end of the world has happened. Your mother's in a position of power. And we need food. We need to be able to exist in this world. Get over it, Hero. Um, not only does she do that to sabotage it, she also comes on to Sam. This is the platonic relationship between oh, these God, two yeah. people. And Sam is put in the position where um, Hero's coming on to him, you know, um, which will which will break the relationship effectively. Um, then they go out and find Nora and uh, and Nora's daughter in the supermarket that they go to. And instantly here I was thinking of a way to make this work to her advantage. Of course, you will help a child that's in need, but it's, oh, well, we'll take them back to our house and we'll make sure that we take care of them for a few days until she's all better and all well. And you can see it from Sam going, this is just another excuse to not move on and serve yourself and deal and, and not deal with your issues. It's about you completely and you can absolutely see why Yarrick and Hero are brother and sister or how they are brother and sister it's all about them their whole world is entirely about what they need to do in their world and they don't care about anybody else at all so yes Hero needs to move on at least Hero saved everybody's life by using her ENT skills when the uh, attackers come to try and take them all away she uses the fact that she was an EMT to try and save um, the member there of the other faction that had been shot um didn't really matter too much, though, because uh, the, the new leader uh, comes in and shoots her instantly, um, putting her out of her misery, effectively. Uh, really interesting to see these types of factions in the world as well. As I, as I mentioned earlier on, comic book is very much about going through towns and seeing how the society has changed. You know, And this is absolutely something you could go, oh, I remember that in The Walking Dead. I remember people walking through towns and seeing these factions with new leaders. And because we've had... 11 seasons of that show it's very quick to look at these people and go oh i guess this is the negan of this universe maybe this is the big bad Pris this is the prison you know? town yeah. this is the x town this is the yeah but i suppose the good thing about why the last man is it's playing on a much bigger canvas than that we have 
lots more going on in this world. The fact that we have 355 and, and Yarok in a completely different city to uh, to Hero and, and Sam means this is much bigger than that. So they don't have yeah. to have one big bad. The big bad is society has collapsed and there's so much <laughs> else that people have to deal with. So, um, so I like that. I'm really intrigued by how brutal that the the group of women carrying guns were. The fact that they were willing to just shoot them and move on yeah. effectively because they'd stayed in their house for a night like that's really brutal. And how brutal they were towards Sam as well. The idea that a woman would want to be a man was the way they describe it, and yeah. they they just instantly want to kill him. Um, again, we mentioned it last week. The the some of the criticisms leveled at Why the Last Man that it's uh, that it's transphobic, and I always feel it's those characters in the comic books that when people read their lines to trans people or about trans people, that's why it seems transphobic. So I'm glad they still include people like that in this world and the TV show. That not everybody is accepting of trans people in the show. They shouldn't be because that's the tension that Sam has to deal with every day. So I'm, I'm really glad they have that in the show. But I love that their leader, who she doesn't seem to have any particular better disposition towards Sam, but they were helpful and they should be treated as guests, which I which I like that kind of twist to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you'd expect that, as we've seen so many episodes of, of Walking Dead and so many villains on that, you expect that they've got this charter that they go by whatever their leader says. And when the leader arrives, they're just a more extreme version of the people that are working for them. Whereas here, what we see here is the leader is not extreme in comparison to them. She is their leader and they think they're following what she is saying, but she changes it. She's like, no, that's not what I would do. I would help these people out and then they can move on. Yeah. Know? I mean, it's not to say, you know, if, if we're at the end of this uh, run of um, season one, objectively she's maybe you know good or evil but it, it's that whatever her starting point is that she's i would say she's reasonable and and pragmatic that you're helping us we should help you you're our guests and also well she is has emt skills this is useful yeah um but she's also cold logical in the sense of why are you wasting your time trying to heal um the you know one of their own on the table because it's clearly evident from what Hero says you know the the injured woman needed a a, a trauma surgeon yeah. you know so why are you wasting your time it, it's you know she puts her down effectively you know there's, there's that logical coldness to her as well which um. And I, yeah, I like that she chastises her group because, um, you know, she says, well, and I guess she isn't predisposed towards Sam any better than the other, yeah. um, the other members of her group because she says, well, you invited them here. So don't complain, exactly. you know, um, so as they're here now and they've helped us, we will, um, treat them as guests and help them. Uh, but obviously, you know, these women are, I guess a, a, a significant danger here, as we see with Nora quietly warning Hero not to um, kind of disclose that her mum is is president. Yeah. And I mean, you wonder whether Hero actually is again quite happy. You know, you saying about um, sabotaging everything to to sort of prevent or or uh, at least delay. Uh, her and Sam getting to Washington, they're probably quite happy that they've just been taken in by these mm -hmm. uh, th this group. Uh, but yeah, because she even says to Sam, which is coming on to him, well, all we need to do is we can plant some vegetables in the back garden here, and we can uh, we have a roof over our head. You know, we, all, all we need is yeah. a fire and a home. And she's still delaying 
over and over again as yeah. early, earlier on and now being taken in by this group and have this warehouse full of food and full of full of goods at the end of the episode yeah very yeah. I mean, likely I mean, the is gonna say i'm staying like she's know. so mm-hmm. difficult to empathize and sympathize with as hero certainly yeah. for me um at the moment because you know even the as it say you know her EMTs kick in and she's helpful and you're like going, you know, that, that's, that's the nugget of good in her. But yeah. then it more than likely it, yeah, well, it is to delay even further. It's, um, you know, I mean, the only bit here in, in this where I thought, you know, is this where we get to see the real hero? I, I feel that she is trying to tell Sam the reality of what happened with her boss in the back of the ambulance. Oh yeah. Just for you know, for a split moment and then pulls back from it. Right. Um and and then obviously, you know, again it 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 goes pretty grim in, in leading uh, him on, basically. Yeah. So yeah. I it, it's just, you know yeah, she's such a tough character to like. Yeah. Um she really, really is. And, and you just not- know that this attitude is gonna get people killed. Well and maybe, yeah. Um, it, it's gonna be destructive for the people around yeah. her, and sad. Yeah. And sadly, it feels like it's gonna be Sam yeah. as well, because if she decides to stay behind, then Sam has no more options. All options are closed to him. He can't walk to uh, to Washington and go, "Let me in, give me access to the testosterone." Right? There's no no real option. He's on his own then. If and he did sacrifice everything to stay behind to be with Hero and and push her on this journey effectively so yeah i think it's going to be uh going to be a very interesting story between the two of them but yeah hero uh needs to step up just like her brother uh is starting to do yeah it's a weird one with hero for me they've yet to fully um flesh out this character almost oh yeah in that just they don't they have yet to explain in any way why she doesn't want to see her mum yeah, there was this that, really it's just, petulant child again. Uh, yeah, th- conversation where she says Jennifer criticized her, and the, yeah. last, the last time they were there, Jennifer criticized her and and said something to her, and that's kind of it. And you're going, is that the reason you're not going to go and see your mom, or is just a general you didn't they didn't we, get we, on when they were younger? And you're y- kind of yeah. going, this is your mother, and she's present. Exactly. You know? Well, if, I mean, if you turn with abuse, if like if things like. Like she, like Jennifer was consistently abusive to her because it was just like you should be a politician, you being an you know, a medic is nothing, blah blah. Like mm. if you gave a very solid rationale, or even a a solid rationale for hero, which is like mum never approved of me uh, doing X, Y, and Z, yeah. and. Etc. 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 Or like, if you give a nugget of something, but at the moment you essentially have this person that is doing all. You just have this character doing despicable things because she doesn't want to see her mother. Yeah, that is literally yeah. the the crux. And and that's the the intrigue. I mean, I, I guess my theory on it it could be something to do with the the split between jennifer and her husband you know we don't quite know what happened there and and the reasons for it but there's part of me um you know in in that conversation about what jennifer said to hero is you know she says you're selfish self-destructive no regard for anyone else and cruel and i wonder if it is that jennifer 
as her mother, knows her daughter and is holding up that mirror to her in these conversations. And uh, in terms of how Hero has chosen to do her, you know, her lifestyle effectively, uh, whether there's some, you know, parental trauma that's that's the reason for it um, and that she holds up that mirror. And that's what she's uncomfortable is that because she is constantly, you know, I think, trying to hide um you know the reasons why she does that because they're, they're, they're so unlikable and i i mean even that conversation where she says well jennifer said this i don't can't even trust it because it's coming from hero because yeah, at this yeah. moment she is so duplicitous and self-centered but that is exactly uh, you know maybe in a, in a slightly more destructive way is like Yorick. So yeah. the, the, they, there's a consistency within that family um, that has ha, has resulted, yeah. however it is. And I guess this is, uh, you know, in, in the same sense, you know, like you were saying before, Chris, you know, some of this story has been expedited and that's a good thing. And there's other elements of the story where, that, you know, that they, they're retaining that to maintain the, the idea of exploring these characters. Yeah. And, and I, so I, I think there's kind of a, an interesting balance on, on that. But it is definitely. And, and Comic Book Hero, we don't really find out much about her character until we hear stuff in flashbacks quite Quite a bit into the comics. I, I don't remember her being very well developed in, in the first couple of volumes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's pretty far in. Mm. It, it, there's there's a whole arc with just her and what we find out about her. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so we're not there. We're not there yet. No, we'll, we'll, exactly. There's definitely going to be some idea what's going on. But you're kind of again. It's it, the same kind of thing with Yark. It's like hero. Just get over it. The world's ended. You know your mother's alive because you've heard her voice and you know where she is. You know that she's the president. It's your family. Go see her. That's that's yeah. kind of where yeah. I am with her right now. But you're right. Just one uh, final point on this. That moment with Nora was really interesting because Nora's meeting Hero pretending that she has no idea who she is gets told that they are Karen and Benji, that Sam and Hero are Karen and Benji. That's the title of the episode. Um, and then by the end of the episode is going... I worked in the White House. I know exactly who you are. Do not tell these people that your mother is the president. You know, I love yeah. that with Nora because again, Nora, a character that we uh, we're expecting to have have quite major implications on the show, and I love that we have in this great road trip episode we have Sam and Hero going one direction to Washington D.C., and we have Nora and her daughter coming from Washington D.C. meeting in the middle of the road and go and being told, no, no, the best place you should be is back in in Washington, and Nora going. But everything was totally messed up there. I can't go back there, you know. Uh, love that, uh, th- those moments in there. Yeah, I suspect Nora is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, mm-hmm. The the thing I'm really enjoying about this character is, you know, we, we hear that she's been mugged twice last week. You know, she got to her sister's, who was a doctor, um, nothing the sister gone all cleared out yeah. um you know she's spent two weeks on the road with her injured daughter yeah. Mackenzie who and then probably she should have just gone to Washington which was maybe you know a day down the road and what she could have gotten there by car and um, and you know her life has been threatened um by by this group initially and you just sense the creation of a really uh badass um hard um 
force is going to break what um, was what was the film was it kurt russell where it was the man on the bridge with the white shirt or kurt douglas michael douglas in uh, falling down chris that was it yes where it's basically you take this white collar you could if someone wanted they could say fight club where it was edward norton kind of you Uh take a white collar person and you put them under enough circumstances and they break and they become this yeah. Rambo-like character. Yeah. I can see it. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to point out, I'm not, not that I, I'm hoping that her daughter is gone uh, or is gone from the show or anything like that, but just want to point out, her daughter injured her leg two weeks ago and they've been walking since that time. Yeah, so yeah. they had a little trip of the car that had some petrol and then they've been walking on this broken leg. I don't think that... Well, I'm, I'm no doctor, but I don't think that's... Uh, going to be savable. Well, I, I, I don't know, but her daughter is the thread, isn't it? You can sense that um, that if Mackenzie does pass away, yeah. then that is the moment that um, everything really changes beyond being able to go back. This is the thread to her previous life. Yeah. This you know, Mackenzie embodies the memories with her husband and her son as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the link. I, but, I mean, we do hear that, you know, because of the wound dressing and the draining of the wound by um, by Hero, yeah. that she saved her life. I have a feeling that it could even just be that even worse thing were, you know, given that that warehouse with the supplies, I guess there's antibiotics That's there. That's true. That's true. And that the antibiotics will work, but given the the threat or the that 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 danger that you get from these the this group of women that it it could be that she finds herself um in a dangerous position that ultimately may mean that she um doesn't survive um in, in some way yeah and um, so i i but i i'm kind of hoping they keep mackenzie oh uh, yeah because i like that that is Nora's... It's her thread. It's her thread, yes, her thread exactly. to humanity. Yeah. I really like that. Um, I think it gives Nora really... Um, a, just a really great character... Yeah, exactly. ...vibe yeah. for me, because she is on the edge, but she's still a mother with her, her child. And I, yeah, I, like... I think that's... It, you know, and you just know that there will be some kind of explosion if if Mackenzie it's the mother dies. bear. You know that it's the cornered mother bear looking after the cup. Yeah, that you put you you basically it, the, the you know this is a ferocious animal that could destroy the world. Uh, Potentially, if yes. Pushed exactly because we saw a little bit in this episode when Sam and uh, and uh, Hero first encounter Mackenzie. Uh, we see Nora try to sneak up behind them with the with the axe and threaten them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love how quickly Sam disarmed her. Yeah. Like, literally just grabs it out of her hand. So, so it's there. Um, either she gets pushed over the edge by the loss of Mackenzie, potentially. That's the that's where I'm thinking it's happening. Or she's going to be doing everything to protect Mackenzie and is going to be developing her skills by the people that she meets on the road over the years. A little bit Sarah Connor-like was kind of my, my yeah, feeling. Yeah, that would that. be awesome. You know, Season two will be Sarah Connor in Terminator 2 or something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because even just how she snaps at Sam in the shelter mm-hmm. and then immediately backtrack, you know, it's, it's you can sense she's at that point of breaking, but she 
she knows not to. And um, so, yeah, I think uh, I'm really interested to see uh, that. Well done, Karen Ireland. Really good uh, to see her on the show. A new character again for the show. And I'm really just, it, it's probably just how she's playing her that's making her so intriguing as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, great point there, Derek. Um, I think on to notes. Uh, anyone got any notes for this episode? So I have one question. Who are these people? Are we going doomsday preppers? Are we going prisoners that have escaped a women's prison and t- taken over an Amazon warehouse? Uh, answers on the back of a postcard, but what do you guys think? Very quickly. We're going to find out next episode, but I just, it, it's nice to speculate very quickly. Yes. Given, given that we didn't even find out, uh, Missy Pyle's, uh, character name in this episode, yeah. um, very difficult to, uh, to predict exactly who they are, but I think they're comic book characters, um, or at least one of the groups from, that we meet early on in the comic books. Uh, I think the indication that the people, car- the, the women carrying the guns that are working for their leader, the fact they don't really know exactly her intentions, so she has to come back in and say, no, no, this is what you're supposed to do in these situations. I think they formed after the apocalypse. They're not a group of friends that have just gotten together. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's where we are. They're a group of people who've gone. Maybe they used to work in the Amazon warehouse, and they they kind of were uh, kind of formed together to take over this warehouse. We're saying Amazon warehouse. It's probably just Walmart or, or a Sam's Club yeah. or something <laughs> like that. Um, but maybe they worked there and went right. That's the place we need to go. Defend it with your lives. We're We've got everything we need to survive the apocalypse here, basically. So uh, yeah. maybe it's just that. But I do think there's uh, it, there's going to be a lot um, of learning from them in the future. Yes. So, Chris, any more notes from you? No, no, nothing. Yeah. Nothing from my side. None from mine either. Derek, have you got anything? I did mention the name of the actress, Missy Pyle, um, who we see at the end of the episode. Uh you may recognize her. Um, I do. Yeah, we've we've seen her in quite a few things over the years, uh, but most noticeably uh, one of the aliens from um, Galaxy Quest, one of the best movies uh, ever made. <laughs> so uh, go see Galaxy Quest. You'll recognize her instantly from that. Uh, also in a number of um, Tim Burton's movies. Uh, she yep. was in uh, in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory as one of the parents in there. So uh, you'll definitely recognize her, but uh, looking a little different now uh, in this episode. So I'm excited to see her join the show. Yeah, excellent stuff. Let us get on to our defense. Chris, do you defend this episode of Why the Last Man, Karen and Benji? I do. Um, I, I like that they are increasing the or speeding up the character arcs of Yark to a degree. I am intrigued to see where they're going with Hero. Because, to be fair, your main protagonists theoretically outside of the president it is the brown family and you are actively making people dislike um your two protagonists outside of the president yeah so it's interesting it's an interesting character study i suppose is the way you put it that that, that you're going to see the development and growth or downfall of these characters yeah and it's a tough sell it's a tough exercise to do because you have to make people care about these people, but also, but they're terrible people. They're terrible humans. Um, mm. so it's interesting. Not sorry. And I'm probably going too far to say to Yark is a terrible human. He no. just makes terrible decisions. No, it wasn't that, Chris. I was having more of a question about, uh, are you trying to make people care about them? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think you're just, you just have to. Uh, protagonists here and, uh, neither of them particularly likable people, but that's the protagonist you have. <laughs> Could be, yeah, I suppose. Well, I can see that with Yark. I just can't see that with 
hero. I can see what Yarick is like, yes, he is literally the, it is the question everyone asks, why is he the last man? Like, literally that choice was like, oh my god, like, that is the last man. As, the, as literally 355 says in this, it's you, my god. So anyway, I'm sorry, I really do defend, I'm still enjoying this. Um, I, I, I thought that the, it, it lulled it for a few minutes during the, the middle of the episode, but oh. it picked right back up again. So I, was, I, I not even worth discussing. Derek, let me know. What do you think of this episode? I loved this episode. I said at the end of episode three that I'm so glad they ended it with that moment with 355 and Yara going off on their road trip effectively or helicopter trip uh, because that is <laughs> the fundamental of why I love the comic is, is these two people particularly going 10 to 10 and seeing how the world has changed uh, changed uh, so much. I like that they've been able to now incorporate Hero on a road trip, them on their road trip, and Nora and her daughter on a road trip so they can also experience this world and see those changes and see how the society is built. I love the changes that they're making overall, making this an ensemble piece rather than just something focused on getting Yarrick from point A to point B, um, which kind of, the comic did kind of feel like sometimes. Um and I love that we have that little drop of creativity in the in the opening uh, scene where we have three five five doing her uh, her jazz number uh, at the beginning. I thought that was it's really interesting to see that at the opening because I did think it took me a surpri- by a surprise. We we did have a screener for this uh, which didn't have opening credits on it. I think it, it just opened immediately on that moment. I was going, have I turned on the right screener here? <laughs> Is this the right episode? <laughs> oh no, that's definitely Ashley Roman's grant. Um, so that's exactly how I. I had that feeling when I was reading the comic sometimes. This feels completely out of left field. Oh, okay, grand, we're back to our story. Uh, loving the performances on the show, loving the writing. Uh, really looking forward to episode five. How about yourself, John? What do you think of the episode? Yeah, I really I really like this. Um, I give it four dancing dreams out of five. Oh, nice. um, yeah, I I loved um, the development of Agent 355 and Yorick here in this. Um, I'm kind of... You know, maybe it's a bit like stabbing forks into the leg, but I mean, I'm so like fascinated by Hero. I mean, she's just kind of so awful. Um, <laughs> and, and just seeing that. And of course, you know, there are awful people uh, in, in the world. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm still kind of getting grips to the wider world in which this great character development is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, I guess that's my own sort of uh, bridge to cross or, or river to ford. Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed this yeah. But it is um, good that episode. you say that. And I think it's important for the showrunners to make sure that they are bringing everybody on board with it. Like, it's not it's not a it's not a bad criticism to say that you don't know no, everything absolutely. about the world. I hope that they're going to do something about it in the show. Yeah, no, absolutely. Really, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm really intrigued with this um, this group of women that have... Um, uh, come into the 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 day to day of now of Nora uh, Mackenzie and Hero and Sam. Mm-hmm. Really uh, interesting to see you know how how that develops. And um, so yeah, I'm I'm really really enjoying uh, the series so far, and I, I definitely uh, really found this a, a great sort of character development episode mm-hmm. for me. And of course, just you know 
the the music is is really fantastic really enjoyed it so yeah for dancing dreams young and sweet only 17 <laughs> out of five i'm sure you're gonna go for creepy animatronic cats John, no when, when no i saw I really that wasn't. really weird animatronic cat uh in the house that, that <laughs> nora gives to her daughter like actually nora looks much closer to throwing it out the window or stepping on the animatronic cat yeah exactly so their daughter kind of says give it to me but yeah that is the creepiest thing i've seen don't ever get me one of those yeah well, no, I certainly won't. Um, <laughs> but let us get on to our fellow survivor feedback. First up, coming in by email over at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. We have Parthenia Locklear. Uh, she says, hello, fellow survivors. I wasn't going to watch another apocalyptic show until you announced that you you all were going to review it. Wow. I binged the first three episodes while I was working today. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't even know where to start. The following comments may not be in chronological order, so bear with me. Yorick's proposal. Dude, read the room. That was so hard to stomach. This young lady clearly wants more in life. Mm -hmm. When he told his mother that he was engaged, I was confused. Is he in denial? His life of privilege is showing. Mm -hmm. No real goals or aspirations and doesn't like to be told no. Not my favorite character. Also, I agree. Can we get Ampersand Leash? Please do not let Ampersand running and causing trouble become a running theme. On Hero, I want her to develop into a character that I like, but I think she will annoy me as well. Mm -hmm. These two children have a lot to work through. When she went back to her friends, I thought they were all, all young boys, and perhaps this was a flashback scene. I was so confused that I rewatched the scene. Agent 355 is my favorite character. I knew she was going to take care of the two pilots. I kept wanting her to handle them, but when she gave them the medals, I thought, oh, okay, she bought their silence. That was lame. <laughs> but then the helicopter scene just made my day. I don't know if I should be excited about it, but I was. I, I love a character that understands the assignment and gets the job done. That is 355. That certainly is. The official who woke up in Israel, she's going to be a problem. She is sharp. She instantly did the math that meant that I am the president. It gave me chills. And last but not least, let's recap. They placed Agent 355 in this wallpaper position because of a possible credible threat to the president. Fast forward, President Brown notices that one of the agents has has stars tattooed behind her ear. I'm assuming this was important and will come back around, but why was it not mentioned? I almost forgot about it. Is this Secret Service agent a threat? Was her assignment derailed with the death of the president and all the men? The plot thickens. Mm -hmm. Lastly, this I just wanted to say that I really enjoy listening to everyone else's feedback on all of your shows, especially the gentleman who reviews the music. I find that really cool. Okay, that's all until next episode. Keep surviving, Parthenia. Thanks so much, Parthenia. Um, yeah, I didn't even um, notice the the star tattoos at all. Um, so I'll need to look back at that. That's something that completely flew over my head. But um, good spot um, because, yeah, maybe this is some kind of, you know, sign that will become more important maybe. later on. Yeah, maybe, or maybe that was the credible threat. You're absolutely right, Bethany. Maybe they, they've layered that in, and that is still a threat because 
the attacker was possibly female. So maybe that's uh, something that they can bring back uh, later on in the series. I, I did say one of the things I've liked about the show already is that some little drop lines of dialogue in the first episode played out in the third episode. So, um, so I like that that potentially that is something that we can we can follow up on in the in the future. That's that's kind of cool. Um, Thanks, Bethany, for your comments about the about the feedback that we're getting. It's been really nice hearing everybody else's thoughts about the show. We always love hearing everybody's feedback. Um, the gentleman who reviews the music, that's Matt Murdick. Um, he is a member of Double P Media, so you can hear him over there. He does uh, a few podcasts over there. I think that he's on a bit of a break at the moment uh, from podcasting, but he has submitted um, music review for Why the Last Man for their Why the Last Man podcast, which I think is called... Zed, the podcast you listen to after Y, I think is, uh, is, is, is the name of it, um, which I like. It's very, clever. very smart. Clever. Yeah. <laughs> but he has done his review of the music over there, so you won't hear it over here. But uh, we absolutely love hearing from Matt and his thoughts on uh, on the music for the shows. I'd love hearing from you as well, Pathania. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, now, over to the Facebook, where first up, we have some feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips for episode one, who went, cool. That was very full on. Even knowing it had to be coming. Our cast is an escapologist and his monkey. Opposition leader, presidential aide, bomb making assassin and an accidental murderous paramedic. Intriguing. Yes, that is literally who your core cast is. Uh, that's the best way of putting them. And it's not just his monkey. That's Ampersand. They, Ampersand is his own character. <laughs> well, he'll develop into his own character in yes. the future. Thanks so much, Dr. Bob. Great yeah, to hear from you. Thanks so much, Bob. I'm glad you're enjoying the show or finding it intriguing, as, as you say. Um, we have three voicemails from Steve Brown, who's doing his live steving on each of the episodes. I think we'll uh, we'll intersperse them throughout the rest of the feedback. How do you, th- how do you think about that, guys? Sounds good to me. Sure. Let's start with Steve's thoughts on episode two of Why the Last Man. I'm so glad that they're doing this recap because I... It's been too. It's been a while since I watched episode one. Hey guys, it's Steve, and this is uh, for Why the Last Man episode two. In animals, and we just jumped to day eight. Wow, this is an interesting conversation between CR three hundred and fifty five and the new president because she has no way to prove this to her, and she just kind of believes her. Wow, sixty something days or eighty. I didn't get a good count on that. And society is crumbling, but there's still some organization, I guess, huh? There are some males still alive. I guess young, maybe puberty. I don't know. Okay, I know he likes this, loves the monkey, but dude, this is not a good idea going down to this this uh, subway. Oh, and the scene is super tense right now. Okay, that scene in the laundromat was whoa, uh, pretty incredible. Um, that this is our home line. Oh, it was great. But here, I just wanted the. <laughs> It's so terrible, but I wanted her as she's leaving and she, you know, thanks her for telling her and bringing her the driver's license. But I really wanted to say, did you take my baby's pacifier? <laughs> Aw, the monkey came back. Okay, I'm confused. Does, how does Yorick know Hero? And isn't Hero, that's the president's daughter, right? I, I'm confused here. I hope. Oh, okay, so they were transgender. That's what, why they didn't die. Okay. Yorick, meet three feet, five, five. 355, meet Yorick. Okay, I looked up the cat. Okay, it's Yorick Brown. He's her son, right? I guess, but 355 didn't come back with the daughter yet. So, okay, uh, next episode in a couple minutes. Excellent, Steve. Love uh, hearing your confusion as you go through the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Yorick and uh, and Hero and Jennifer. Uh, one small family unit with a big impact in the world, right? Absolutely. 
Um, who would have thought, um, that, you know, this family is thrust into the limelight, mm-hmm. um, and the shadow. And the shadows, exactly. Excellent, Steve. Love hearing your uh, live, Steves. Uh, let's hear your thoughts about episode three before we move on to some feedback about episode four. Okay, here we go. Episode three. Okay, that conversation there with 355 and the two soldiers was just great. I just, yeah, she can keep a secret. She can keep it secret. But then we switched right to Yorick and the president being in bed together. It's a little weird. Whatever government building this is, they haven't actually cleared it all yet. And York just met the former president's wife. That was a weird segue in that conversation because it almost sounded like York is saying he's engaged to his sister. (laughs) He was about to mansplain to her what ampersand meant. She's like, I know what an ampersand is. Very relevant dialogue here in this conversation. He says he calls the woman anti-vaxxer, anti-something. I didn't catch all of it. Wait, who is this and what? Why didn't she come up in the conversation? It, it, she was a, just because she was out of the country. I don't understand. Hopefully, you guys watch this multiple times. So you probably listened careful, more carefully to the succession and who was female and where they were at. So maybe they didn't mention her. Doctor Man, the universe is hilarious. Love it. Now Yorick is very intuitive. He figured out who three five five is. Really? Oh, okay. I see now. She's the one they were talking about. Was the crazy person? Gotcha. Her daughter is somewhere bleeding out as she's digging this shallow grave for her. Worth with the, yeah, obviously their husbands and stuff. Oh, she's going to take him out in a pile of corpses. Ugh. Uh-oh. I don't know if Kimberly's starting to suspect or it's a good thing they got York out of there. Oh, I just knew it, man. I knew she was going to kill those pilots. I knew it. I, I was hoping it was, I, she wasn't going to, but of course she did. Episode four. Thanks so much, Steve, for, um, for your episode three uh hashtag live steving hashtag live steving yeah. yes that was what i was trying to grasp um <laughs> there's certainly uh yeah love how 355 in that episode i kind of think she's not quite so focused on being sort of like a you know secret agent uh to kill everyone mm-hmm. um and in the end she's willing to take down a helicopter as well by the end of it um well Probably had that in the plan all the way through, mm-hmm. uh, but just how she, you know, does the does the distraction with the medals and and yep. the pilots are like lapping up, getting that medal, encouraging and manipulation. Love it. I just I just love Steve's live steving. It's just it's just hearing you go from wait what the uh is basically where we all were throughout those episodes. Exactly. Thanks so much, Steve. I know you'll be back in a second with your episode four live, Steve. Uh, but over on Facebook, Victor Von Doom says, looks like Hero found a big box store. She's doing better than in the comics so far. I'm all in for this series. Enjoying this very thought-provoking series. Uh, I used to think women should rule, but this series has me revising that notion. It seems humankind, regardless of gender, cannot move past the same old politics, prejudices, stigmas, etc. But we need to have hope. I just hope the Amazons don't arrive too soon. Interesting, Victor. Um, yeah, I, I think I mentioned earlier on the thread that the showrunner put up on Twitter of the inspirations for where they find the world uh, in this story. And one of the uh, one of the most interesting uh, articles that you posted was just uh, an article talking about, you know, it's not just 
men that are behind all of the movements, all of the racist movements, all of the uh, political movements that are out there, the prejudicial movements that are out there. It's not just men behind them. They do have women that are also supporting all of this stuff. And she specifically said that's a photograph of, sorry to get political here, guys, this is a political show, but there is a photograph of three women holding a sign at a Trump rally going, women support Trump too. So um, that that image apparently was sitting in their office while they were writing the entire series. So uh, so there, this is what it's about. It's not, it's not the world's problems don't end when all, all men are wiped out. There are women that also have those exact same beliefs and those exact same ideas. So, um, so yes, I, I, I love that the show is exploring those notions. I was about to make the joke, women are the problem too. there you go go. go. we also have some additional feedback from joe steimel who says i can't yet tell if i love or hate this show i absolutely love the story and all the side characters i dislike the main character kind of a lot either way i'm in for the season i don't think i truly know how i'll feel about it until the last episode agent 355 is my favorite character but nor is one one that intrigues me the most very excited to see where her story leads thanks joe yeah i think a lot of people share your opinions and your feedback on this Mm -hmm. everybody loves 355 and why wouldn't you she's amazing yeah she's fabulous and as we said in these uh in these discussions of these podcasts nora has a really intriguing story i think um and i I, what's going to happen to her yeah absolutely And, and i actually think you know you are supposed to dislike hero yeah um she is not a character to like and it's whether you know can she even be redeemed i think you know the interesting thing is like you know she became an emt um and a paramedic effectively and you kind of feel that suggests that somewhere locked deep inside of her is this element of helping Mm. and caring and you see that uh, in episode four in terms of helping out Mackenzie, but also at least trying her best despite it being um you know totally at odds with where the 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 injured woman is and you know you you see a, a change in how she you know it's almost like that muscle memory of pass me the gauze i need yeah. four strips like this and and so on um and you know that you feel there's something there but it's like how has she become so um destructive to yeah. herself and the people that are um her companions or friends and uh, so it's it i i guess you know we are supposed to dislike um her and i think the same with yorick effectively to some extent in that um it, it it's how it progresses um yeah. and we'll see uh but i'm totally yeah. with you nora just looks so um damn interesting and uh 355 is just phenomenal awesome. i i love this character yep. and i love um ashley roman's uh portrayal of her absolutely not to throw in another reason to hate uh hero or anything but i know you say she's an emt and that should that should be something redeemable especially after everything that we've gone through over the last few years we totally uh love our healthcare workers um she's an ent that spent her shift sleeping with her well, boss that is true. In, the, in the back of that the ambulance that should have been used for emergency purposes. So, um, yes, at one point she did the training to become an EMT and now she's able to use that in the future. That's great. But, uh, yeah, uh, still not a great person. But there's nothing wrong with that. We can follow bad people. There was, what, eight seasons of The Sopranos? None of those people were bad <laughs> people, correct? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thanks so much for the Facebook feedback. 
Yeah, thanks so much, Joe, and thanks, Victor, as well. I think we'll go back to Steve for his final live Steve uh, for episode four. He's done a binge of all three episodes this week. Well done. There we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, I keep saying here we go every time. Episode four of Why the Last Man. Oh, hello, TV Podcast Industries. This is Steve. Okay, so was that opening scene, I guess, a dream she was having? And now they've ditched the helicopter and they're walking, they're camping. But they got the monkey, so... <laughs> this conversation, I can see this relationship is going to be interesting. Wow, what happened between Hero and her mother to make her so reluctant to try to get help? Okay, that answers the question. Why didn't I figure out that they had to be in the Pentagon? That was, that's the perfect place for them to be. Contained, everybody lives there. Yeah, okay. So where's Nora if... Oh, there she is. <laughs> question answered. This, I can't, I am so looking forward to seeing how this relationship goes through the rest of the season. Yo, it doubles for his name and move along. And that is why you don't shoot into a crowd. You might miss and hit the wrong person. Anyway, uh, that was pretty quick thinking for him saying he was asking for tea to, to make them think he's transgender. So pretty, pretty cool, uh, little catch there for Yorick. Okay. It's just a small thing here with the whole cat. Uh, was that a stuffed cat? Or was it a real cat? It, and it, the close, close caption said boy cat. Oh no, I guess there were people staying there. They were just gone. And now they've come home and they're not happy. Okay, this whole, <laughs> that conversation, the card trick thing, it's it's beneath me. It's, it's beneath my skill level. It's hilarious. But now he's going to do one. Dang, Roxanne is cold. And also, I think that's Missy Pyle. I like her. But she does have some tenderness and compassion for the rest of them. That's good. At least for now. There it was right at the end. Guest starring Missy Pyle. All right, guys. Uh, can't wait to hear this one. Talk to you later. Thanks, Steve. And thanks for during your live steving talking over the curse word that uh, was playing in the background. So I don't have to edit that out, right? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. The animatronic cat, which definitely when watching the episode uh, freaked me out completely. Uh, so not a real cat, not a stuffed cat. Um, <laughs> yeah. A toy cat. I don't sure. think Nora's too happy that Mackenzie has kind of fallen for it as mm. something to hold on to. You know, her comfort <laughs> blanket. Yeah. And that was a pretty shocking moment in the marketplace. Uh, we didn't actually mention it at all. The the woman who was giving them the entire guide of what the marketplace is about and was had, had sold them the bike, basically, um, got shot. In, yeah, right uh, in the as chest as well. So, yeah, um, yeah and agent, saved a grenade. Yeah, yeah, and Agent 355, like, showing you how it is done by, you know, a precisely aimed shot to the leg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, she was going for the head, and then <laughs> yeah. you see her move her hand, which is good. Exactly, exactly. Thanks so much, Steve. And thanks to everybody else who sent in feedback to us. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with any thoughts you have about any of the episodes of Why the Last Man. Uh, or you can join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries if you want to join us there. We have spoiler posts up every week for each of the shows that we're covering. Yeah, and yes. you can also head on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com to subscribe and share the podcast. Uh, we are on any good or evil podcast catcher uh, of your choice. And um, if you want to support us uh, through Patreon or buy, buy me a coffee, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash tvpodcastindustries or buymeacoffee.com forward slash tvpi. Uh, any which way you wish to support uh, TV podcast industries is very, very much appreciated. 
by us three um, hosts. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much to everybody that's been supporting us over there uh, on Patreon and Buy Me A Coffee. Yes, thank you so much. Don't forget, we're also covering, at this point in time, What If, Marvel's What If, over on Disney+, Plus, uh, where we go into the final two uh, episodes to see where that goes. Yeah. That's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, we had a great episode this week where we had Jason Cabassi from Podcastica and uh, The Walking Dead cast joined us for our discussions about uh, last week's episode of Marvel's What If. You can find that on our main feed at tvpodcastindustries.com. We had a bit of a party since the episode was a bit of a party. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And Derek loved it. It was the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Well, our podcast was. Uh, the episode of What If? Not so much. Uh, well, any, yes, spoiler alert indeed. But thanks for joining us, fellow survivors. We'll be back with Why the Last Man, episode five, Manhunt, next week. Ah, Manhunt with two N's, as in yes. Dr. Manhunt. Exactly. Important stuff. How will it turn out? Join us on TV Podcast Industries next week, fellow survivors. But again, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, as always, it is great to hear your feedback and have that discussion with you. Uh, remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep surviving. Bye. 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 Bye.